Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner episode coming at you guys um we're gonna wrap up our fantasy football preview um today we're gonna talk about running backs tight ends and defenses um and this will be our last episode before we start doing football every single week knock on wood if covid doesn't prevent that from happening but starting next week we'll be doing nfl lines gambling all that shit for you every single week so um, we're gonna do running backs, tight ends, and defenses today. So, it's not uh, Michael Irvin; it's Travis Ryan. This is my uh, my sixth grade youth football league number. We won the championship that year, so six and zero. Oh. Nice. Stuff it in your face. Nice. So number eighty-eight, love it. My football number forever. Um, but no fantasy football. Hopefully, you haven't had your draft yet. Me and Jared have had one. We have another one next week. So, we got lots of info coming your way if you haven't drafted. And if you have, maybe you can compare what you did and who you got to what we think. And it probably won't mean much, but you can still do that. I, I have a feeling that a lot of leagues are going to be drafting this week slash this weekend, trying to hold out to the very last minute because of issues like Leonard Fournette. So. Yeah. I've seen a lot of leagues that, like, have drafted within the last couple of days, but I'm sure there's also going to be a lot drafting within the next week. But with that being said, we have a question starting off with that from one of our friends, followers, fans, Sean Malone. He said, who would you take out of the following if all are available on the board? And they're all running backs. It is. Well, this question was asked last week, so. It was last last week. It is Leonard Fournette, obviously no-go right now. James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, and Jonathan Taylor. So of those six, uh, who would you take? If you had asked me six days ago, I honestly probably wouldn't have said Leonard Fournette because I don't think anyone saw this coming. But if you're going to ask me now, I would honestly, and it sounds crazy to say based on where he's going, I would say Todd Gurley. So for me, it was down between Connor and Gurley. Um, and I, I lean towards James Connor just because I think that Pittsburgh is going to have a big year this year with Big Ben back. Um, but I don't, I don't hate the Gurley pick at all. I just, I, Connor, James Connor was my keeper in a league last year, and I just couldn't. I don't know, like this year I just have such a negative vibe about him because last year he's had a really hard time staying healthy. I feel like every other week it was something minor and it caused him to either have not a lot of snaps or not even play. Um, And then like Gordon kind of has a question mark around him with Philip Lindsay being there. We don't really know his output, what he's going to get yet. David Johnson, he's had a down last couple of years. Jonathan Taylor, he's a rookie. Yeah. So I had to go Todd Gurley just because we know what Todd Gurley can do. Like, when given the proper play calling, he can be the best running back in the NFL. 
but kind of relating that back to the James Conner thing, it's if he can stay healthy. He wasn't 100% healthy in L.A. He had the knee issues, whatever it is. I know it's still kind of up in the air on exactly what it was. Um, but, I mean, I understand. Like, for me, it was down between um, Conner and Gurley for me. Um, yes. So, if it were to be, if I were to pick another one that would, I'd be hovering on the fence with, I think it would be Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. But like, kind of like you said, Melvin Gordon is kind of like a toss up because that's a, that's a, I think a more air raid offense being in, in Denver, you know, in all the weapons they've surrounded Drew Locke with, Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton. He catches a lot of passes out of the backfield. He does. I think he'd be a lot of safety valve. And I think, honestly, we might see Melvin Gordon be more of the pass catching back and Phil Lindsay be more of the, you know, muscle hamster, you know, so. Um, muscle hamster. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like the uh, train of thought there. Um, so before we dive into everything else, Jared, what like to start off with two fun questions like we did last week. So this week, kind of going off of the previous question, is Todd Gurley worth a decent draft position in Atlanta? If so, where would you draft him for your team? Yeah, so obviously I think he is. I don't think he should be your RB1 by any stretch of the measure. Like, obviously for me, um, I think he should be your RB2. His ADP right now is at, is at 32. Um, he's I think it's crazy, by the way. Yeah, he's the 19th overall running back coming off the board. Um, so I think he's, you know uh, – I don't know. Like, it just depends on what Todd Gurley shows up. Like, if, if you can snag him as your RB2, like, late in the second round um, or maybe even a flex spot early in the third, if you've, if you've somehow gotten past first two rounds, he's still sitting there early in the third, I think absolutely he's worthy of that. Um, you know, so I, for me, you know, I, I, I would take him probably sometime in the early third round. Um, but I don't think I'd pull the trigger at 19 overall. That's just personally me. I think he's more of like a – RB2 flex guy this year? I mean, last year he averaged 14.6 points per week or per game, whatever you want to call it. He finished also 14th overall in running backs, and that was with his snaps as limited as he did. We saw a lot of Malcolm Brown red zone touches. So, I mean, with Todd Gurley being the guy in Atlanta, I don't see him being any lower than 15 this year. Uh, I would take him late second or anywhere in the third, the fact that he is at 31.8, which is like in the fourth round is bananas to me. Uh, if he, if he's there for you late second and you're not picking for a while. Yeah. And you're not picking for a while. I would say Todd Gurley would definitely be the play there. Cause he's going to need to be your RB one if he didn't take one in the first. Yeah. I'm saying, but that's scary to me. If he, if you're taking him as your RB one, like I, it's just so, I would almost if Todd Gurley is there, like, well, chances are if you have a, I don't really, I'm thinking of a snake draft off the top of my head. Yeah, if you're picking late in the second, yeah. you, you have, have an early third, right? Yeah, so he could theoretically still be there. Yeah, so either way, late second, early third, whichever one you want to take him at. Definitely, I would, I don't think he should be falling later than late third round <laughs> yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how it looks there in Atlanta but I just thought that was an interesting question you know with a guy having a first time change of scenery in his in his NFL career um very controversial NFL career I thought it was definitely worth asking so um which moves on to our second fun question 
Um, what second year players, um, and I kind of use this, I, I kind of took this as running back. Yeah. So I don't know how you wanted to do yeah. this, like anyone on the offense or since we're doing running back tight ends. I took I, it as running back. See, so when I was looking like Jared, so the question is what second year players are going to have a drop off here from their last year. And really, I mean, there's not a lot of sophomore running backs coming into this year. I mean, your options are uh, Miles. Miles. Is Phil Lindsay? Is he it? No. Miles Sanders. You got Daryl. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. Um, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, the kid in uh, Minnesota, who's the backup. Alexander Madison. Yep. And I think Ronald Jones mm-hmm. are them. I would, uh, if I were to pick one, I would say Ronald Jones. I mean, I know he didn't have a great year last year at, you know, 10.4 points per week, which isn't bad. Finished 25th overall ring back. Um, and I think he's looking for a lot more output this year because I'm pretty sure he's like the go-to guy in Tampa Bay. Oh, I know yeah. that I'm LaShawn McCoy, but he will probably end up taking over because Ronald Jones doesn't have a good year. So yeah, I guess that's what I'll go with. I like that pick. I don't see Ronald Jones really fitting in with a Tom Brady type offense. So um, for me, honestly, I, th- I think it's going to be Miles Sanders. Uh, I think his ADP is way too high. I, I wanted to pick him because I, I thought the same thing. And I looked at him last year. I didn't, I don't remember him being that Dude, good, that good last year. Why is he so high? He had 11 rushing to rushing attempts per game last year. So he didn't get a lot of touches. But still managed to do a lot of the backfield. He managed to uh, average 10 and a half fantasy points per game last year. But that to me still doesn't warrant an ADP of 15, 16. You're telling me he's a mid second round player. I don't think so. And the 11th running back off the board, especially, I honestly think Fournette's going to sign in, in Philly. Like I, I, I legitimately do. They have a great offensive line. It's a fantastic fit for him there. Cause when Fournette has a great offensive line, he can fucking do anything he wants. Um, regardless of where Fournette lands, I just expect Sanders to dip a bit this year um, when especially he's going to be the go-to guy. I, just, I don't see him being that that great, honestly. So, Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, when you look at what he did last year, like his rushing his rushing attempts and yards for carry and yards in general were nothing. Like the only thing that made him a dynamic fantasy running back was his – shit out of the backfield like he had three to five catches a game in between like 20 and 70 yards a lot of times I mean that's really what got him yeah and if you're gonna be the running back you're not gonna get those extra catches out of the backfield because you're gonna be running the ball on first and second down and they're bringing somebody else in to fucking catch the ball on third down so yeah it's gonna be Probably like that Boston Scott guy getting a lot of those, you know, third down passing downs out of the backfield would be my guess. Or Corey Clement. Yeah. Oh, dude, I always worry about Corey Clement. So Jared has Miles Sanders, which I totally like. We're going to go that route. I picked Ronald Jones, which really, if you want to even call that a drop off here, yeah, uh, could do that. But. Rolling into running backs, we're going to kick it off kind of like how we did last week. Top five running backs last year, um, to no surprise, in a standard PPR league, Christian McCaffrey, 29.5 points per game, which is insane 
considering second was Dalvin Cook at 20.9 points per game. Aaron Jones at 19.7, Derrick Henry at 19.6, and Zeke at 19.5. Like, all those those second four were really, like, right there, and then Chris McCaffrey just leaps and bounds. I mean, Chris it. McCaffrey, like, someone in a, in a league that we're with said the number one draft spot's a shitty position to have. In a non-keeper league, there's no doubt in my mind it's Chris McCaffrey's number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, the dude had 470 fantasy points last year. Yeah, he's like 30 points a game. Are you shitting me? He had 160 more points than the next running back. Like, that's a whole week of fantasy that your whole team puts up. At least. A week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is absolutely absurd. Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the NFL. So if you have a number one pick, there should be zero question that you take him. Yeah, absolutely. So like we did last week, out of these five players, who do you think is poised to have the biggest letdown year? I think we both don't think it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. Uh, For me, it was down between two players. Uh, For me, it was down between Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Miles between Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. So I picked Aaron Jones. So did I. I just don't think – I mean, of those five players, I don't think this is much of a surprise. Last year was his full first full year starting every game. 19 touchdowns. 19 touchdowns. Barely – and he barely got over 1,000 yards. Yeah. Uh, Don't think he gets that again. Don't think he gets even close to that amount of touchdowns. The Packers drafted A.J. Dillon out of Boston College. I think he gets a lot more work. Than what Jamal Williams, I think, is what he his backup last year. I think AJ Dillon gets a lot more work than he does, uh, than he did last year. And all these other four guys are the guys that run the ball every fucking play. Aaron Jones is going to be subbed in a lot. I feel like this year. Yeah. So mine was mine was mine was between Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. The reason I chose Derrick Henry is I'm not I'm not crazy about a full year of Tannehill in Tennessee. I think a lot of the attention is going to be driven on defenses to, to – if, if defenses can sniff out and stop Derrick Henry, they're going – and if teams can lose to the Titans by Ryan Tannehill beating them with their arm, they're going to let them do that. But they're going to try to stop Derrick Henry first. Like that's going to be their first and foremost thing. So I think a lot of game plans to be around Derrick Henry. But I chose Aaron Jones because, like Travis said, I mean 19 touchdowns last year. Um, more than averaging more than one per game in fantasy. Um, but the Packers also have a pretty a tougher schedule than a lot of these other teams. They're 15th. Um, and I don't think, you know, I just don't think he's going to have what, what he had last year. Like Travis said, A.J. Dillon's going to get a lot of work. Um, I'm not calling him a true quote-unquote bust. I still think he's going to be a solid player, just not 19 touchdowns like he had last year. Um, his ADP is at 17 right now. So, you know, not not horrible, um, not a true bust, but out of these five, definitely going to be the one that has the biggest drop-off here. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad for where you're going to pick him at. It's just like he has a lot of downside. Like, he could very well be replaced midway through the year. I know there's some Packers fans that are already seeing him up and out the door after this year. Well, he's a free, so, agent. He's a free agent, so. Yeah, so it's like why not get – A.J. Dillon more involved in the offense this year, get him going for next year. Uh, Aaron Jones, just out of these five, definitely, I think, 
is going to be the worst. Absolutely. Okay. So we, we can agree on that. We're going to go with a running back steal slash dark horse, dark horse of the dark horse, dark horse of the draft. This is a player who has an ADP of 40 or lower. So a player you're going to get in the fifth round. Um, obviously if you're drafting a running back, you know, and, and you can get a good one in the fifth, sixth round. It's going to be great. Um, so Travis, who did you lean here um, of an ADP of 40 or lower as a steal slash dark horse? Mine was between two players, and I ended up going with one who barely slides in the fifth round. Uh, my honorable mention was going to be Marlon Mack, because I think that he does end up getting a lot of work this year in Indy, despite Jonathan Taylor. But I ended up picking Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. His ADP is 43.1, so that averages out right around the third pick in the fifth round. Um, I drafted him in our league that we drafted him the other night. In the moment, I didn't love it. I found myself liking it more and more, though, the more I've thought about it. Uh, it's not horrible when you consider the fact that he is – I mean, he's the guy in Buffalo. Yeah. The people behind him are TJ Yeldon and Zach Moss, who's a rookie. So I think it's safe to say that Singletary is going to be getting a bulk of the workload. I think week in, week out, unless he's playing someone insane, he should be your RBT or flex – start he averaged a little over 12 points per week last year so in my mind taking him if you can get him in the you know fifth mid fifth late fifth whatever it is uh I don't think that's that's horrible yeah I like that pick a lot um we just know that the AFC East runs a gauntlet of a schedule this this year so like you said if he's playing a tough opponent that week maybe sit him and you know but other than that he should be slotted in as an RB2 uh flex flex spot um, so I like that pick. Mine is a little bit lower, um, than the 40 mark. Um, I went with Cam Akers, um, the running back in, in for the Rams. Um, his ADP is like 54, 55. So you can snag him in the, in, you know, early to mid sixth round. Um, I, and he, I think he's honest. I think he's going to be the guy in LA, you know, obviously Gurley's out the door. Yes. I still have Daryl Henderson, but I'm not convinced that he's an every down back. Um, Akers, Proved that he could be an every down back at Florida State, and I think he's going to get that opportunity. So anytime you can get a you can get a running back who's going to be the starter on a team that's as good or decent as the LA Rams in the sixth round, I think that's a huge steal. And he could be an RB two flex guy in the in the in the fifth sixth round. So look look for Cam Akers after you're starting to fill up those those starting slots. Yeah, it just scares me taking a like a rookie guy like that where you don't really know what's going to happen because in L.A., Malcolm Brown like seemed to be pretty damn good last year. So taking him like in the sixth round would, like makes me a little nervous, but there's a lot of upside there because he could be the next Todd Gurley. You never know. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was that, he was their first – their quote-unquote number one overall draft pick even though it wasn't until the second round, but he was – their first draft pick. So they obviously saw something in them. So, right. Right. Um, so the running back bust to avoid. So this is going to be a top 15 running back. Uh, doesn't matter where to draft him. Just on the board. Top 15. Mine. Easy. My, my pick is Joe Mixon. Yep. Mine too. E- it was really e- it's like, and it, it hates it, it. It pains me to say it. Cause I think he's a really talented running back. I was really high on him last year, and he let me down. And I think the reason – not even – I don't even think I know the reason is because his offensive line sucks. It's horrible. And since he – we already talked about it in our draft episode and all preseason long, 
they didn't do anything to their offensive line in the offseason, and it's going to haunt him for another year. Like, it just is. The dude had only four games last year. We had only 100, 100 rushing yards or over. And each of those games, he had over 20 carries. Like, he didn't eclipse 100 yards without getting 20 carries. And I think now that you had Joe Burrow and all their offensive weapons, like, it's going to be hard for him to see a ton of carries in the game. Yeah, I agree. Like, he was the easiest, obvious choice, top 15 to avoid from for me. Um, his ADP is 11, which, is, which means if you're in a 10-man league, he's going early second, uh, which, you know, is fine if that guy's picking late in the first one to go back-to-back running backs and he wants mixing of these RB2, but I would personally avoid him. Um, he started 15 games last year, and his average fantasy points per game dropped from 14.3 in 2018 to 11.9 in 2019. That's a pretty significant drop. You know, that's two and a half points in just a year and he even played more games last year. Like Travis said, he has to get significant work to even be of value, and I think they're going to be so, solely focused on Joe Burrow. Um, like you said, Mixon's out the door. Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all those. Okay, Green's still there. Yeah, but I'm saying they're going to be focusing on their young guys. Oh, yeah. I don't think they see Mixon as, like, their future running back. I think they're going to let Burrow try to develop relationships with Higgins, Boyd, people like that, and then maybe bring in somebody – we know how extensive the um, the running back uh, free agency list is going to be next year. Like, it's massive, and I think that's, that's kind of where they're leaning. So I would stay far, far away from Joe Mixon this year. And just to – I mean, just to go off of that, like, separately, like, their O-line uh, help is not there. Like, last year he had six games where he had under three yards per carry. Jesus. That's horrible. I know there was one game where he had ten carries for two yards. So, I mean, that's uh, – just that alone, you just can't take Joe Mixon in the second round. I highly advise against it. So, yeah, so don't draft Joe Mixon basically is what you get out of that. Honestly, at all, I'd stay away from him unless you have a heavy running back draft. Now, let's talk about a running back cuff that you absolutely need to have, and I think we could probably have the same one here. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's Kamara and Latmer. Yeah, yep. especially after the rumors came out today that the Saints are shopping Alvin Kamara. Well, he's apparently holding out. It's the last year of his rookie deal. Um, he wants he wants to get that extension, which I don't blame him. You know, you want that. We saw what happened with Earl Thomas in Seattle. You know, he wanted an extension. They didn't give it to him. He played, and then he got fucking hurt and flipped him off as he got carted off the field. So, <laughs> I mean, it happens to players. So, I don't blame him for doing it, but you need – like. First of all, we're going to see Kamara's ADP drop. And personally, for me, like, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, a lot can change between mine and Travis's next draft, which is a week from the day you guys are hearing this. So depending on where he's at, like, I might stay away from him. But, you know, Kamara's ADP is like, what is it? 4.9. 4. Yeah, so you're drafting him like mid-first mid, mid first round. But Latavius Murray's is 100, which means yeah. you're getting him in the late 10th, early 11th. So you have to absolutely – if you're going to – be like, if you're going to take that flyer on Kamara in the first round, because you're going to have to draft him in the first round to get him, you have to make sure you're getting Latavius Murray. Maybe even reach for them in, in, in like the ninth. That's what I said. That's what I have. I said, if you're spending your first round pick on Alvin Kamara, it is an absolute must. Like, you have got to get Latavius Murray. 
in at least the 10th round. Like, you cannot even wait and risk letting him get taken. Like, honestly, with the more information that comes out, you may even want to, like, you may have to jump up and get him at eighth or ninth, like you were saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have those dickhead players in your league, like, especially that draft you and I are in next week, Travis. I know somebody, whoever takes Kamara, somebody's going to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to take Latavius Murray in, like, the seventh. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Just, just, to, I mean, like, and it's a good strategy. Like, if you like your team in the seventh, you screw over the guy that took Latavius Murray in the yeah, first. Yeah, you might have a starting running back. Murray in the first. Yeah. yeah. Who is going to be just as good because we all know that whatever running back it's thrown into the Saints system does good. Mark Ingram did amazing when Alvin Kamara was there. So Bush way back in the day. I mean, seriously, like you can go way back. Yeah, Sean Payton just knows how to use his running backs. So that's a cuff you need to have. Taysom Hill. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah, any, any cuff in New Orleans is one that you have to have. Now let's talk about this. And I think we're probably honestly going to have the same answer for this as well. What is more important uh, when drafting your team, running backs or wide receivers? It's running backs. It's running backs if you're in a PPR league because they have more opportunities to touch the ball. Even I think regardless, no matter what, even if you're in half point PPR, they just – they get the ball a lot more. And there's there's way fewer running backs who are going to get you – like a substantial amount of points per week for wide receivers. Like it could be two, maybe even three different guys on a team. They're going to lead their team in, in points or lead their team in receiving yards for running backs. It's basically just one guy every week getting all the workload. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, how I put it. like if you have two good running backs in like two or three decent receivers, I think you're set. Like if you have two number one guys who get a lot of touches per game and then like two to four, you know, like, okay, wide receivers, I think you have a solid team. So, obviously, it's running backs. But with that being said, you can't, you know, just draft five running backs in the first five rounds. So, And also, um, the drop-off between your top 20 running backs to your top 40 running backs gets significantly worse. Like, it's, an, it's three points per week difference between your top 20 and your top 40 running backs – and it's only 1.5 points per week difference between your top 20 wide receivers and 40 wide receivers. Wow. So, there you go. There you go. That answers the question. Running back super important. Um, we're going to cover – we're going to take a break, and we're going to cover tight ends and defenses when we come back. Um, so, we'll chat about that then. Hey, everyone. As you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, 
There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. We're moving into tight ends um, and really... I feel like this is a position in fantasy that doesn't really win you games, but at the same time, it's like if you have a really, really, really shitty one, then your team just looks horrible. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, so the top five tight ends from last year uh, were Travis Kelsey, 15.9 points a week. George Kittle, 15.9 as well. Austin Hooper, uh, now with Cleveland at 14.7, Zach Ertz 14.4, Mark Andrews 13.8, and Darren Waller 13.8. Um, but I feel like after the first five, it really takes a dip off in uh, points and production. But from these five, who do you think is going to have the biggest letdown year? I mean, it's absolutely 100% Darren Waller. Um, he got a huge contract extension in the middle of the year last year on October 16th. After his contract extension, he only scored above 10 points twice. After doing so twice in the first six weeks of the year. Was propped up by some big weeks. He had 24 points in week 7, 14 in week 13, and 12 in week 15. So those are like his three biggest weeks. Um, Other than that, he was mediocre. His ADP is the early seventh right now, um, which isn't bad. But I think there are better tight ends out there that are going later. So I would wait. Like I wouldn't panic if you missed on – Kelsey, Kittle, Hooper, and Ertz, or even Andrews, and you're going to panic and get Waller, I think there's better ones later. I just think he's not going to have that great of a year. <clears throat> okay. I I like that in terms of what you said about his contract extension. But I have Mark Andrews. Um, him and, interesting fact, Andrews and Waller were tied for the fit, were in the number five spot last year. Yeah. I don't think that – I would draft him given where his ADP is right now. Like his ADP is 42. Are you going to draft Mark Andrews in the early fifth round? Fuck no. no. No chance I'm taking Mark Andrews in the early fifth round. He is coming into his third year in the NFL. Uh, last year, I think, was a huge outlier in his career. He had 10 touchdowns. Not to say that Lamar Jackson you know, isn't going to throw to him at all this year, but I just really don't see him getting that close to 10 touchdowns again and to take a tight end that's kind of on the brink of, is he going to be a top tier tight end or is he going to be, you know, middle of the pack guy taking him in the fifth round is a huge, huge reach for me. So that's why I'm taking him as my letdown player for those people who do draft him in the fourth and fifth rounds and he underperforms. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could definitely see it. I picked him up on waivers last year, and after I picked him up, like he had like one or two good weeks, and then kind of same thing like Waller, just kind of dipped off at the end of the year. So um, I could definitely see him having a quote-unquote letdown year, um, which rolls us into the tight end steal of the draft. Now this is an ADP of 10 or lower, which means if you're in a 10-man league, you're looking like a backup tight end. Um, but, you know, there are – I think there's some good steals you can get who are later in the draft. Maybe if you picked – somebody who has an injury history like an Ertz and you want maybe some, some insurance, there's some, there's some value there in the later rounds. 
you know, that are outside of the 10 ADP for tight end. So Travis, who is your tight end steal the draft who has an ADP of 10 or lower for tight ends? Yeah. So I actually, in our most recent draft, I did draft two tight ends because I got Hunter Henry at a pretty good spot. And then later on in the draft, uh, Austin Hooper was there, which is ADP is way low. It's 126. Um, so I think if you get him that late, like I did, definitely go for it. However, I'm going to take a different route here. I picked Jared Cook. Jared Cook's a guy that's going to consistently get you points week in, week out. Last year, I didn't think he like started consistently getting into that double-digit point range until a few weeks into the season. Once he did, he balled out. He was seventh ranked amongst all tight ends last year. Uh, I think with New Orleans offense the way it is he's always going to see that production and he has an ADP of 117 so you can get Jared Cook way late if you miss out on a on a few of those big tight ends really yeah I like that Jared Cook was almost my pick I also like the Austin Hooper I almost considered picking him as well but I think those are obvious like Hooper's going super late because I still granted for all the problems David Njoku has had and his in his tenure in Cleveland he's still there and he's still a viable threat I think they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets in Cleveland, which is why Hooper's ADP is so low. For me, I did another homer pick. And it's a guy who um, came on really, really strong at the end of the year last year, Mike Kosicki from Miami. Um, he's currently the 14th tight, 14th tight end coming off the board. Um, so he's going like in the 13th, 14th round, depending on where you look. And in my opinion, if you look at his games last year, once Fitzpatrick was like deemed because like I know they did, they had this weird flip flop back and forth last year it was Fitzpatrick and it was Rosen, um, but once he became the solidified starter and was in control of the offense, Kasiki lit up the board. He scored nine point six fantasy points per game over the last six games of the year. Um, so for me, if I can get nearly ten points per game out of my tight end, I'm gonna be happy. Especially when you get that late, he can be a great backup tight end. You can snag those later rounds for a guy like Urch, somebody's injury prone. Um, and then I, I just think he's he, if Fitzpatrick plays all year, he's poised to have a big season. And not to mention, in those last six weeks of the year, when he averaged nine point six points per game, he scored point six in one of them. So you take that out. I mean, the dude scores was scoring a lot near near the end of the year. Yeah, it just makes me nervous with the quarterback situation. Uh, for the Dolphins, like you, if you don't know what the chemistry is going to be, if Tua starts or if Rosen starts and Fitzpatrick sits one week, um, that's why I didn't choose him. And also the fact that it did take him so long to get going. Yeah. Like when you look at it, he did only have like five, six good weeks last year. But I don't hate it. If you are having tight end troubles, probably not a bad idea to pick him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't draft him as your starter by any means. Like, if you can get him, like, with your second or third last pick and you really like, hey, I'm, I'm questioning my – like, for me, I drafted a Gronk, and I almost drafted Gesicki as a backup. I didn't pull the trigger, but it's something that you can consider, like some, some, something like that. Um, you have a questionable tight end, so. Which kind of leads in, if we're talking about steel, uh, the draft strategy – on tight ends when it comes to bye weeks like are we taking a second one or are we just gonna you know wait and pick one up on the waiver wire I had talked about uh, that I picked up Austin Hooper late in the draft the other day when I already had a tight end so I I think it's only necessary if you know you have a one you have a roster spot open where you can draft an extra tight end and two you get one that you could 
see potentially being a starter in your lineup. Like I picked up Austin Hooper, could end up fitting really well in Cleveland and being my starter over Hunter Henry, something like that. But it's definitely not necessary. I don't think it's necessary either. Um, it, it, it just it's all of, of a matter of circumstance for me. So let's say, you know, if you have a player who's, who is below, who's below their ADP and you're past round 13. So if you have a guy who is slated to go 12th, 13th round, you're in the late 13th, early 14th, and you see him there and you're looking at your tight end. And like you said, you're like, well, maybe I, I might need a backup. He's kind of injury prone or has, he's got an early bye week you know, why not pull the trigger? Nine times out of 10, you end up dropping those 14th, 15th round players anyway. So you can get a, a backup tight end who's ADP supposed to go 12th, 13th round and the 14th, late 13th, early 14th, maybe even 15th round. Then I'd say you, you snag them. Um, but if not, don't, don't reach for a backup. Like if you, you know, it's, it's not necessary, you know, don't reach for it. Take some wide receiver running back depth and snag a player off waivers whenever your tight end's bye week comes around but it's not absolutely necessary, only if the fit is right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a yeah i agree and i also side note just realized why my audio has sounded so shitty the last few episodes and that's because since uh zoom redid their update it doesn't automatically put my microphone as selected so it's been using my fucking asus computer i was gonna say microphone. so much better right now yeah, so I am. I'm very pissed, and I'm sorry. Remember, remember the those few weeks I had this issue. So we we all have them. Yeah, it's just man. I've literally been talking in my microphone when it's been lit up the whole time, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make sure just while you're talking. And I was going through my computer. So awesome, but now I know I'm moving forward. So sorry, guys. Not only is my voice halfway gone from this weekend, it also probably sounds like shit quality wise. Yeah, we got to figure it out now. So, um, <laughs> last question about tight ends. How high is a tight end on your list of importance in fantasy football? Okay. So, I would almost say, I mean, you have to be in the most perfect spot in the draft to land Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. Outside of that, I am not taking one before the seventh round. Yeah, I mean I- – Unless I'm getting Kelsey or Kittle, it's super low for me. Um, the drop-off from Kittle and Kelsey, who were both number one, ranked tied for number one last year, to the 10th-ranked tight end, who was Hunter Henry, was a measly 2.7 points per game. So, um, but the, the drop-off from Kittle and Kelsey to the number three guy, which I think was, did we say it was Ertz up there up top? Yeah, I mean, that, or no, it was Hooper, who was 1.2. But, I mean, still, like, there's not a big drop-off from the top three to four to ten. So, unless you're getting Kelsey or Kittle, who are going to be absolute game-changers, don't reach, wait, fill your other spots first. Be that guy that takes Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper or Gesicki and, you know, just, just run with it. For sure. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm not. I'm not gonna reach for a tight end just because that spot's open on my team. Yeah. So definitely feel that. Like I said, you almost have to be in that perfect spot to land Kelsey or Kittle, like because you don't want to reach for them. And then they're also obviously not gonna fall too late either. Um, so lastly, the very last position we have to talk about on our fantasy football episodes, uh, defense and special teams. From last year, the top five, Patriots 14.1 per game. Obviously not going to happen again. Steelers 11.3, Niners 10.3, Ravens 9.5, Vikings 8.3. And we're not going to say like which one's going to be a bust because obviously it's so hard to predict that. But we do want to touch on when to draft one and what's your go-to. For me, it's no earlier than the 13th. No, I think I might have pulled the trigger a little earlier on our drafts we did um, on Sunday this past week just because I was in a position where I was like the like fourth or fifth pick, I think, and I was in the 12th round and I knew I had a long time to wait, so I got back in the 13th. So maybe then you draft them, but you know, no earlier than that. Um, the top four defenses are going to go earlier, so it just depends on where you're at, kind of like I said. You know, like like for my instance, the top three defenses or the top two defenses were gone. I knew there might be a cascading event to where if I didn't draft one then, I would have to wait ten more picks till I got back and I'd be scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, so it just really depends on where on where you're on where you're at in, in, in the draft. Yeah, I mean I had the same like for me it's I, I look at it like the same as a kicker. Uh, I will wait until either the second or third to the last round. Or if people start snagging them early, I will try to get one like in the middle of the pack if I can. Like I'm not going to be the last one to draft one if possible uh, because you usually don't want to put yourself in that situation to get, you know, the last pick of defense because typically it's going to turn around and hurt you if that is the case. Um, But for me, defenses are just so – inconsistent it's unreal so a lot of the times people end up picking up a defense off the waiver wire that ends up going nuts the first couple weeks and they ride them out and do a pretty good job yeah that, that's very likely so conversely the next question we'll ask you know if you do end up waiting and waiting and you're like one of the last people to pick you know is there any defense that's outside the current top 10 ADP that you think that, that, that you could snag, you know, that could be a pretty good pick. I think a lot of like ADP and draft websites do defenses come like totally different. So apparently where you're looking, the Colts are at number 13 on E on one of them. And they're at number seven on ESPNs. I got the Colts when I was looking at them at number seven. I think that's a pretty good one. I'm going to go ahead and count them as outside of the top 10, considering on some they're lower. Uh, I don't think they're a bad defense. If you want to grab them, go ahead and do it. Yeah, I like that one. The, the website I looked at, had I had two. had New Orleans at 11 and Dallas at 12. I think those are both pr- two pretty good defenses, historically good defenses, especially Dallas playing in the NFC East, which you get to play the Giants and the Redskins, you know, four times out of the year. Um, so I think either one of those, both are going in the 15th round. So again, if you're most leagues have 16 rounds, so you're going to get them in the, in the second to last round. If you do wait to the very end, you don't like that 10th or ninth ranked defense. Take a look at Dallas and new Orleans, or maybe even 
uh, Indy if they're there. Um, there's there's some good defenses that are that are outside the top five for sure. Yeah, I would actually this year thinking about it, tr- honestly try to stay away from the Saints though because you got to think you're going against the Bucks twice, the Falcons twice, and the Panthers twice. Who, I mean, even though the Panthers might not have a great record, Christian McCaffrey twice a year could go off. Oh yeah, absolutely. So good point there. Maybe maybe Dallas for me would would be yeah. my. For sure. I, I don't mind that one at all. Um, now, Jared added this question on the end, uh, and I think it's kind of interesting. Is not starting a defense after you've already secured the win in a league a douche move? So for those of you who don't know, like let's say your defense is going on Monday night, and the guy you're going up against, you know – all your players are done. His players are done, except for so you. And you're like three or four points ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it is. I, uh, if I, I mean, if I saw the opportunity uh, to do it, I don't think I've ever been in the situation. I think it's very rare. But I would do it. I mean, if it's a risky play, like if you have – so you have Dallas's defense and they're playing the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, you might not want to start them and lose it just to – just to try to get those extra points. Like, I don't think it's worth it in that situation. And you got to do what you got to do to win. I think it's a thousand percent a douche move, but I'd like to shout out. I've never been presented that opportunity to be in a situation. If I was, I think, I'd, I think I'd probably have a dip, bit of a different frame of reference, especially talking about late, if it's early in the year, like week two, week three, I'm probably going to be like, fuck it. Just because I would watch Monday night football and just root against the team who's playing against my defense for fucking shits and gigs. We're talking about late in the year, like playoff push, trying to avoid a punishment, something like that. Absolutely, I'm yanking them out of there. But I think it is a douche move. In my I don't know. I'm, you can never be too cautious. Like the chances of that happening are very unlikely. But, I mean. If your team to get negative. So, if you're up like four or five points in your defense, chances of them getting like negative five for you to lose is very, very slim. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's like if that were to happen – You'd just you'd be kicking yourself. Yeah, I just think like you drafted that team, you started that team that week. You know, you have to ride with it. I don't know. I, maybe it's just the uh, the way I think. But if you're just if it comes down to it, and it's that close. Especially if like what say if their defense like went bananas more than they should have. Yeah. It I don't could know, just man. not be a bad idea to sit them. True, true. Regardless, it is what it is. Fantasy football, glad it's back. Glad next week we get to make Degenerates Digest come back. We get – Yeah, Degenerates Digest coming all the way back. I got some ideas that Travis and I are kick around, maybe introduce some parlays for the weekend, talk about some daily fantasy stuff. Um, because really, you know, football is going to be – there's no college, so we can't, like, do college and NFL lines – um, although the Big Ten said they might come back as early as October 10th now. Yeah, so that's huge. Um, but just picks in general, I'm excited to come back. Uh, we we kicked off the Tuesday teasers and Thursday parlay with the playoffs reducing each week. It's hard to keep on with the teaser. That's why we didn't do one this week because really there is two games we could have chosen from. So it's not worth it, but we are going to keep trying to put out picks as much as possible now that more sports are back. But 
I'm so excited for football. Can't wait. Gambling's been a gauntlet. Yes, it's going to be fun. Um, one thing we didn't put on our socials, so I'm surprised you didn't, but maybe because we're so busy this weekend. I'm pretty sure yesterday was our two-year anniversary. I think it was. a Two-year anniversary of creating Content. our Twitter account. Yeah. I think. Um, don't know when our, for, when our anniversary of the first episode was. Probably within the next coming days. But big day Great. for us. We started this around football season two years ago. Those of you who have taken the ride with us or have joined along the way, we appreciate the love and support. Always be sure to subscribe, leave a review that helps us follow, share to everyone uh, so we can keep this going. Absolutely. Now more than ever, two-year anniversary, rolling into our third full football season of doing gambling and stuff like that, which is crazy. Uh, but the contest will be more than ever. I think Travis and I, I haven't talked to him about this yet since there's no college football this year. We might try to ratchet up the content on Sundays, maybe do some live streams of us watching the games because your boy just got direct TV today. So I'm going to have Sunday ticket. So I'm sure Travis will be probably hanging out with me every fucking Sunday. So probably if our schedules allow. So with the lack of sports, football's back. We're back full swing. Just uh, keep supporting us and keep doing your thing, and we'll see you for football season next week. And football season next week, baby. Peace out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.